It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. I am Craig Hoffman, Anthony Haney alongside, super producer on a Tuesday. Anthony, I could probably use some kind of sugar boost right now. I just feel like I, I've it, it's the time of year that by the time this show starts at 4 o'clock, it's dark outside. We got about probably five weeks of this. Yeah, not the most wonderful time of the year, even though some people say it's that. It's the most wonderful but, uh, time. I mean, you just got to roll with the punches at the end of the day. Of the year. I feel like I rolled and I should have ducked and I just got hit in the face. Yeah. Got hit in the face by a gray, gloomy Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I feel like I haven't woken up today. Just kind of slept walk. We did, we did actually a really great take command today, um, which was super interesting. Uh, we'll play, actually, I'm mean, going to guess it's up to Doc. Uh, Doc. Doc will do whatever we ask, but also does whatever he wants. That's something we learned uh, in the in in the break here. Doc's in tomorrow. Linnell's in for me on on Thursday, um, and then I'm back on Friday. But Take Command was super interesting because, like, it's our our film review day, and instead of diving into just kind of general thoughts, we went really deep on the Commanders' def- or offense, and then we specifically like high level thoughts, and then we specifically took five plays. And broke them down in depth. And while we can't use the footage uh, of us like circling stuff and whatever on YouTube, um, unfortunately, with the copyright laws, although I am checking in with the NFL on that. I'm like, a lot of people do that. What are the rules? What do they have to pay? What do we do? Are you guys just never going to enforce it? Can I just start using film? Because that would be cool. We'd use it some on this show. Um, Point is, like, we, um, we had five plays were the film and like we really drew it up and we're like this is went wrong what went wrong on this play and this is what went wrong on this play and like the first play we did there's literally mistakes by the receivers bad protection and sam probably could have still made it work and like that's where we're at right now with this team anyway we'll we'll get to more on that in a second but outside of doing that this morning i feel like i've just been sleepwalking through this entire day and it's it's big Tuesday energy. Like, what would a playlist of songs that was called Big Tuesday Energy have on it? Uh, probably like some Adele, like uh, Sad Adele. Yeah, Sad Adele. Um, it's a good call. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, all I can think about is Adele right now. It's just in a put on the Adele album and keep it rolling kind of day. Yeah, some super sad Adele. So we're gonna try to we're gonna try to liven it up a little bit, which you know, going to the calls uh, amidst a four game losing streak, that tends to have a little bit of liveliness to it. Tends to have a little bit of energy, but also uh, to start our vibe check Tuesday, and it is of course a vibe check Tuesday here on the Hoffman Show, where we'll take your calls on the Ace Law Listener Line at three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. 301-230-0980. What are your vibes? What are you feeling about the commanders? And of course, we also remind you that if you're in a wreck, God forbid, Ace Law helps you get a check. All you do is call 8888-ACE-LAW. But Anthony, uh, this team right now, like, what what's your vibe on where we're at going into this bye week at four and nine, four straight losses, etc.? Uh, I mean, I've just accepted... You know, the season for what it is, um, it hasn't been pretty all season. You know, players aren't necessarily playing up to the level of expectation we have for some of the guys on our team. 
And I've more so just slowly but steadily just started looking towards, you know, the offseason, to be honest. Uh, and I, I'm looking at the roster. I'm looking at, you know, Twitter. Everybody's talking about Terry McLaurin. People talking about John Allen, De'Ron Payne, whether or not, you know, we should consider trading these guys uh, for the next regime. I mean, that would be for the next regime, but still it's like any person on our roster, you know, not up for, you know, trade for, per se. Um, and that's more so like what I've been like wrapping my head around. Like, of course, I would love to have a Terry. Of course, I would love to have a John Allen, De'Ron Payne. But if they're, you know, upset and disgruntled about like where we are, and I understand John Allen, like I wouldn't want to sit through another rebuild after seven Hell no. years of just ter- turmoil almost. So I understand that. But at the same token, in looking ahead to the future, like what could we get from for a John Allen? Uh, he he doesn't have any money on his uh, any guarantee money on his contract the next two years. So could that be a viable you know option to move off of in the off season? And he didn't necessarily say he wanted to be traded. Like he didn't demand a trade like a lot of these other guys. Terry's not you know demanding a trade. Yes, we I feel the frustration, but you know he's not a deep like he's not being a a, um, a Stephon Diggs or you know. Uh, a receiver that's out here in the media telling everybody, oh, "I need the ball after you know a, a zero reception kind of game, kind of game." So those are the, the the kinds of things going on in my head, whether or not we can get some some solid um, compensation for those guys. Yeah, I mean, you're also trying to get into the or starting to get into the reality of timelines yeah. with with those guys too. Like mm-hmm. John's uh, going to be 29 years old next year. Like yep. Terry's going to turn 29 in September next year. Like, if, unless you want to compete pretty quick, like, these guys are going to be on the back end of their primes, which is crazy. Like, these are guys whose – if if they finish out their careers in Washington, let's say Allen's got – I mean, he – who knows how long he's got left. But, like, if, you, if you're a D-tackle and you retire at 34, like, that was a pretty good run. So, let's say he's got four, or 32, 33. Let's say he got five more years left. Like, I will have covered his entire career, and it will have been, like, a 10-year career. Um and that's that's a very very good run uh, in the NFL, but at the same time, like, are you going to be able to compete? And th- this is to me is like the key question. Maybe this is a good question to kind of get the vibes or where people out on the phones or where people are at on the phones at three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty is like how fast do you think the turnaround can be? Because if it's not two years, if it's not next year, you have the potential to be in the playoffs and competing, then. Those guys aren't that helpful, and I hate to say it, um, but they're they're not. And I think you also have to look at like the leadership stuff. You do want vets around, you do want good people, but you also probably kind of want to reset. And you know, it's a little bit like with with the Wizards. Like you know, part of getting rid of Bradley Beal was you just needed his voice to not be in the room. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily that he was saying anything toxic or bad or. Um, he was a poor this or whatever that it just it needed there needed to be space for someone else and you know hopefully for the wizards that's like Bala Koulibaly like if he can be the guy moving forward for the next 10 years great and he was a, a wingens docker uh, a, a wingens a Dawkins winger guy I think I'm just gonna know with the coups Wingo and Dawkins that's what that's what Kyle called him on the show last that's week that's smooth yeah Wingo and Dawkins I'm just gonna go with that because apparently I can't say winger and Dawkins well, like you need to create space in the room, and so 
I'm fine with Terry's voice being the lead one. I think John Allen's obviously uh, been a good leader uh, at times for this team. But like, if you draft a young quarterback, do you want him to be able to step up into that void immediately? Or do you want to give him a year to kind of just figure out the NFL? And then the year after that, he's the leadership voice in the room. So like, these are the kinds of like next level roster construction questions you need to have. And, um, you know, that's, that's the answers we're seeking. Uh, Doc, Doc Walker still, Doc, do you find what you needed over there? If you're watching on YouTube right now, you're getting a guest Doc Walker appearance. I guess he found his, his, was it your coat that you were looking for? Got it. Nice and warm, ready to go outside. Excellent. All right. We'll see Doc at, at four o'clock tomorrow. Um, point is there's a lot to figure out, uh, in terms of the timeline that's going to affect. There's also like, I'll tell you right now, the, the one, uh, non-tradable player as far as I'm concerned is Deron Payne and it's not because I think he's like better than everybody else it's because the dead money there is a lot because you just re-signed him now you might be able to restructure and get away with some stuff that actually be worthwhile I, it's something I'm actually going to try to play with a little bit here in the commercial break um is some of that stuff because like Ant, I know you said there's no guaranteed money but there's still like dead um there's st- there's still dead cap from yeah. signing bonuses um which is not terrible if you trade John but it is something to consider mm-hmm. so there's there's all of these things that that need to be figured out um from the financial side of it of whether or not it may, like you know if you're just getting a, a certain amount of pick back well hey we got to take on this dead money so we're going to need more in return like the compensation uh that is that that makes it worth it goes up so there's there's stuff like that too that I think is is worth considering. Like, look, if someone wants to give you Duran two firsts for Duran Payne, like, yeah, we'll we'll figure out the dead cap money. We're good on that. We'll take the first round picks. That's how we figured out the dead cap. We got two more firsts uh, over the next couple of years that aren't going to cost us anything. So it, it, it's it's a fine balance of building a roster, um, but that is something that we're going to be spending some time on, obviously, over the next month and change. Uh, and as we also talk about whatever games are left, and then. We go full into the coaching search coming up after the season. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Already got some calls lined up on the Ace Law listener line, 301-230-0980. We'll start mowing through them next. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Taking your calls on the Ace Law listener line, 301 230 Zero nine eighty. It is a vibe check Tuesday. So how are we feeling about the commanders? Uh, and really with an eye more towards the future. Let's get to the phones, shall we? Uh, let's go to Brian to get us started. Brian, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman show. What's up, Craig? How's it going? Doing well, man. Doing well. So I think it would be a mistake to have. Like, I think they call them a fire sale on yep. all of our quote unquote talent especially the ones or particularly the ones with big contracts for a few reasons. One, it's the NFL and any given Sunday kind of translates to any given season. So if you get the right coach in here, I think we still have enough talent to where uh, a better coach, and this is no knock on river, I just think the game is passing, but a better coach will have something to work with. Why give away all of your talent for draft picks that are not short things and now have expectations on a new coach to turn it around, and he'll now need three or four years to turn it around. I think your window is shorter if you keep a McLaurin, an Island, and a Payne. And uh, you still want to remain a 
attractive destination, you know, poor coaches and future free agents. So I just think it'll be a mistake. I think with Sweat and Chase, I was okay with it because we were going to have to pay them an amount of money that their play was not matching. And uh, they were in contract years. But to do the whole thing, I think that would be a problem. I'll listen to your response. Thank you. Yeah, no, Brian, I think it's a great call, and I 1,000% agree with you. Um, I think when you look at Josh Harris and the way he's done business, and, like, first things first, Josh Harris is going to hire someone to do the job, right? He's going to hire a football czar, uh, whether that person is the president of football operations or that person is the general manager, whoever that person is is going to have the ability to evaluate and and make draft picks. Josh Harris is not going to come down from the owner's suite and be like, we have to take this guy. We have to take this position even. No, it's it's just going to be, hey, do the thing that is the best value and the best thing for the team. But the reason I say best value is because if you look at the way that they look at things, like they're always trying to win trades. And they might not look like wins at the time, but they're trying to trying to ultimately be able to win trades over time. And so you the reason like Daryl Morey is the perfect executive for Josh Harris on the basketball side is Daryl Morey is hated by other NBA executives for how terrible he is to negotiate with. Daryl Morey is someone who offers trades that 2K or Madden, whichever game you're playing, would be like this is like if fair trade is on, they get rejected. They just get laughed at. And he offers them in real life. And they're like, no. But what does that do? It moves the window. And they, you know, then it also becomes like, okay, well, fine. You don't, you know, James Harden, you know, he wants out of here. We want to trade him, but we're not losing the trade. We're not just going to give him to the Clippers if we don't get what we want. And so they wait and they wait and they wait and they wait. And he, same thing with Ben Simmons. Like Daryl Morey was willing to undergo an immense amount of pain to win those trades because from a cold calculated basketball standpoint, that's what he was charged to do. And and he was right to do it. I do think at times Maury's teams have lacked some of the personal touch that I think is necessary from a chemistry standpoint. I think it's something Maury's learned over the years, perhaps, but it is something that Harris has shown an endorsement and a willing to do is like take an investment style strategy a very cold, calculated, do we win the deal or not, to player transactions. And it's cold business. And if you just agree to play by the rules of that, then that's kind of what it is. And what that translates to with the commanders is Terry McLaurin. Great, awesome job by the commander's content team today, getting Terry's girlfriend to surprise him. Uh, uh, what he thought was going to be an interview with Santana Moss. Instead, his girlfriend sits down and reads him a letter, letting him know that he's the Walter Payton man of the year. If they get the right offer for him this offseason, he's going to be gone. And it's not that they're looking to trade him. It's not that they want to trade him. They didn't want to trade Montez Sweat. They didn't necessarily want to pay Montez Sweat, but they also had the, the franchise tag option to keep his number down an extra year and get another year out of him. But... They didn't, they didn't want to trade him, but they were have been crazy not to. Oh, wait, we don't have to use the franchise tag. We don't have to pay him $25 million a year. And, and we get the Bears 
37th pick or whatever it's going to wind up being in the draft? Sick. Let's do it. And they did. And it causes short-term pain. And, you know, I don't think Deron Payne was probably the most psyched about that because he and Sweat play really well off of each other. But at the end of the day, like, it was best thing for the franchise. And so if John Allen is offered uh, or is is available or they, they might go and say, like, we'll shop him. We'll see what's out there. Oh, you want to give us a first? Done. Take him. And by the way, I did a little I did a little spo tracking during the uh the break, and I was correct on the money side of it. You trade John Allen, you actually save money. There's some dead cap, but it you get more back in savings. Pain if you trade him, you you lose money next year because of the amount of dead cap um versus what you'd have to pay him. So Duran Payne, like, yeah. If you want to give, if someone wants to give you an insane return, you bite that financial bullet, especially when you've got as much cap space as you do. But the the a pain trade, it seems very very unlikely. Uh, a year after they signed him to the big contract, is how contracts are designed. Terry's movable. Same thing as John. Um, you know, you can save a little bit of money. I I wouldn't do it. I and tear uh, in order. Because of the the finances, I would be most inclined to keep Payne. If I'm just ranking them purely as players, I'm most inclined to keep Terry. Because I think he's also an easier scheme fit for anybody than you know potentially what a team might a, a defensive coordinator might be looking for in their three technique or, or one technique in Allen and Payne. That's up to the the new D coordinator put a value on those guys. I would say anybody that runs a four three, you can do a lot worse. Um, but they haven't had good years. And this is the the hard part about it, too, is like, what do you make of guys who you know are good football players who have been bad this year in a lost season? I don't know. And, and two of which, Allen and McLaren, who were hurt in the preseason. Do they just have a bad off-down year? Or is this the beginning of the end? I, it's crazy to ask because they both feel so young, but John's been at this seven years. Terry's been at this for five and careers go quick in the league. And peaks go quick in the league. So, tough questions. I wouldn't bet against them. Who they are, you know, as, as workers, as, as competitors, as all that stuff. But these are the tough questions that the next the next regime is going to have to ask. 301-230-0980. Let's go to Dennis. Dennis, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show on a Vibe Check Tuesday. Greg, uh, thanks, man. Uh, the last time I called you, you had it was the same day, same question, and I said hopeful, and I gave all the reasons. And guess what? I said hopeful not because of what this year was going to do, but think of next year. Next year, new regime change. If they get the right people, I'm with you. You think McLaurin and Allen and Payne all of a sudden became bad football players and they're done? Of course not. And you're going to have all these draft choices. You're going to have all this cap space. And you asked this other question, Craig, which I loved. It says, how long, like for Allen, do you think he has to do a rebuild? Well, let's go back. A year after he came, Philadelphia won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Then they got rid of the backup quarterback, got rid of the coach, brought in a rookie quarterback, rebuilt the team, and was back in the Super Bowl last year. You better believe that they can rebuild this in short order if Harris is who I think he is 
and that's a good owner who knows what he's doing. So I am still very hopeful. Dennis, I appreciate that call a lot. And you actually just sparked another idea um, that, of something that I want to talk about. Uh, we'll take more calls as well. 301-230-0980. Uh, Vibe Check Tuesday. Commanders fans, y'all got a pulse out there? We got full uh, or full empty lines. So all of them. You, if you want to call, now's your chance. You're going to get through. 301-230-0980. But is Sam Howley Jalen Hurtson waiting? I, I know that sounds crazy, but... I'll I'll explain and and if he is, what would the commanders need to do to f- actually legitimately find out? Uh, let's let's explore that avenue next, along with your vibe checks on a Tuesday on the Hoffman Show on the Team Nine Eighty and always live on the Free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team Nine Eighty, always live as well on the Free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team Nine Eighty. What's up to Richard, who's checked in? Said, "Hey, fellas. Hi, Richard." Uh, Thomas uh, saying some nice things in the chat as well uh, on this Vibe Check Tuesday. James Taylor. I don't think it's the same uh, James Taylor, Anthony, as like, you know the singer James Taylor, right? The singer James Taylor? Ah, not ringing that's, a bell. Uh, that's, that's probably a Two Americas thing. Although you definitely you definitely heard James Taylor. Go, uh, Google James Taylor real quick um, songs. Like, You've Got a Friend in Me. Uh, Carolina, oh, yeah. Carolina on my mind. You got a friend in Wait, me. Wait, no, not that's not a. He does a version of that. I don't know if that's his original oh. song. Why oh, am I, man. James Taylor? Ah, this James keyboard. Taylor. Uh, I see you got a friend in me. Fire yeah, yeah, rain. that is, that is. Um, yeah, Carolina on my mind is um, definitely like the easiest one. I'm, I'm more. Is he from in, South Carolina? Yeah, uh, I think it's from South. No, he so was he's born, born in Boston. Boston. Um. I don't know, but like being from South Carolina, that song was always obviously fairly popular. Okay. Um, growing up. Cause I'm gonna Carolina. Anyway, um, how sweet it is. So you definitely heard of James Taylor. Anyway, maybe that is James Taylor uh checking in on a vibe check Tuesday <laughs> at seventy five years old from Boston, Massachusetts, who writes songs about the Carolinas. Uh but anyway, James says he's checked out. The offseason can't come soon enough. I I get it. That's why we're bringing the offseason to you to an extent now with this conversation. Uh, 301-230-0980, the Ace Law listener line. If you're in a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. Uh, let's go to, let's see. We got a couple calls on the thing that I teased in terms of Jalen Hurts and Sam Howell and why there might be a through line there. So let's see what the callers think. Then I'll explain myself if someone doesn't get to the point for me. Let's start off with DH. DH, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman Show. What's up, what's up, what's up, man? I'm, I'm glad to be back in the mix, man. And, you know, I, I love that you're bringing it to us, man, the off season because it's, it's here. Uh, four wins ain't going to cut it, and, and we're here now. But I say this, man, John Allen doesn't have a friend of me, and i tell you why. Right? <laughs> I, have seen, I have seen him talk for the past few weeks. He always has something to say. But the places where he can make his biggest statement on the football field, he doesn't. We're not playing a 3-4. He's not, he's not asked to be a space eater and take on double and triple team blocks. When your team is playing bad, individual athletes and individual performances can stand out. This is where he can show, like, hey, I don't know about y'all, but I'm trying to win, and I'm trying to ball. I don't see him getting a whole bunch of TFLs. I don't see him getting a whole bunch of quarterback sacks. I don't see him getting a whole lot of hurries and pressures, right? So, for me, I'm kind of through with Jonathan Allen. So, if he wants to move on, that's cool. I don't know what we would garner back for him. 
But I'm kind of through with him because he's done a whole lot more talking than he has done playing. Uh, Deron Payne, I'm cool with because where Deron Payne saves himself is that he does have flashes and he does make plays and he keeps his mouth closed, right? So when they ask him to speak, he'll speak and say what he got to say, but he's not talking in front of the mic every week. Um, and Terry, no, man. I just think Terry is frustrated. And as a and as a alpha, which every receiver is, and every receiver is a diva by nature, even if they want to be a, the nicest guy in the world, they still want that football. And, and Terry not getting the football is malfeasance. As a Tar Heel fan, I'm not saying this on Sam. I think it's a scheme thing. But I feel like even in Kansas City, there was never a true – other than Tyreek Hill or, or Travis Kelsey, everybody eats in that, in that offense, right? And I think that's what Eric Benemy wanted this offense to be. So targets are going to be down. Guys are going to have to get in where they fit in. And, but I think, it, it, I think Terry is just frustrated because he's not getting the ball and he's not getting a, a, as many looks as he should. That then goes into the offensive line. Sam doesn't have time to get you the ball. The first person that comes open across his face, he's got to get the ball to him. Uh, so it's a whole lot of a whole lot of things that go back on Ron that he has that he had to repair and he never did. Yeah. He wanted to piecemeal everything together and it didn't work out. Uh, but I'll say this, man, guys, if you want to go, if you don't want to resign, that's cool. But like Josh Harris said, man, he's not just building for today; he's building for tomorrow. And right. guys, got to be prepared for that. This is the ugly part of the rebuild. Got to strip it down to the studs. No doubt, man. All right, DH, thanks for the call. There's a lot in there. Um, I'll say this about John as a quasi-defense. Like, he is a team captain. You know, he signed his deal with the Junkies to come on our station before the season. Obviously, he thought it would be a good thing. Um, you know, and he made that commitment, and I appreciate the fact that he shows up for it every week. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other people that have done interviews like that with our stations in the past, and um, there was one or two weeks, I think at times there was a little harder to get guys on the phone. Um, and John is every week. He knows he's got to do that. And, and he does, and he answers the questions and I appreciate the honesty. Um, and he's what he said today or yesterday was incredibly human that like, have, have we thought, have you thought about leaving DC? Of course. Why wouldn't he, if you want to win, like, why wouldn't you? The problem is he's still playing bad aside of it. And that's what rubs people the wrong way. I, he's not playing bad on purpose. It's not like he's not out there giving effort. Like he's having a bad year um, by his standard. The funny thing about Payne is he's Payne's pressure rates and stuff is pr- are pretty similar to what they've been in the past. Um, I can look him up in the break, but he he's been more or less the same guy. The problem was last year some of those pressures were uh, turned into sacks because the back end played a little bit better, especially later in, as the year went. This year the back end's been terrible, and Payne can never get home. Um, also, you know, obviously when the other guys leave and you have an 11 sack season, you start to get a little bit more attention and the job becomes harder. So there's a lot, uh, in terms of moving forward that we have to consider. We have a lot of stuff right now that I think we're still trying to make sense of. And on the offensive side, it is a little bit of everything. Like there's a play, uh, it's a third and three. I actually mentioned this play yesterday. Um, and I talked about how I, I thought on the release, Jahan kind of got in Terry's way and I thought it was on Jahan. Um, and looking back at it, like Jahan's release is a little slow, but I was watching it with Logan and Logan's like, well, in, in this particular bunch, like Terry kind of screws himself based off the alignment. Terry's the one who is too close and too far up. And if he gets a little bit more width and a little bit more depth off the line of scrimmage, he probably has a clean release. If he has a clean release, Sam can get the ball out quicker because Terry gets to his landmark faster. On the same play, Byron Pringle's open on a deep route, and if the protection holds up, then who cares what Terry does because we got a touchdown of Byron Pringle. Um, the only reason that it should have been a completion of Terry is because Sam had to throw quick because the pressure, you know, Chris Paul lost instantly. 
And so it's it's stuff like this where it's a perfect play of an example where, you know, do you like the concept in that situation? Actually, in that one, that one's fine. That's a good call by EB. There's other times in the game where I'm like, this concept works, but I don't know about it here. I don't know about running it out of this formation with these guys in these places in part because you've done it like the pick six, you've done it before, and a team pretty well easily reads what's coming. Um, great play by Van Ginkle, but like he knew what was coming. Um, but you have a quarterback who could have made a play if Sam just hits his back foot and heaves the ball deep for Pringle. Um, it's a tough throw. It's a it's a ridiculous ask, but it's possible. So Sam could do more. Terry and Jahan could play the details better. And then even on a, on a more global scale, like, you know, I've been thinking about Bobby Ingram a lot more recently. Um, and some of you are going, who? Bobby Ingram's the receivers coach, right? He comes in after Drew Terrell leaves. Is that is that the best you could do? Um, because of where EB was in the hiring cycle, EB goes to the Super Bowl, can't get hired quickly, takes a little bit longer to hire a staff. You know, the O-line coach situation was super weird this offseason and all the problems that they've had. Like, how many of these guys have worked with EB before? So it's EB is not just trying to teach his players a system and figure out what that system should look like. He's also trying to teach his coaches. And so, they're, they're like, so much of this is, like, this is a bad situation that a lot of people would have failed in. But I think what's frustrating and what's also a 1,000% fair as opposed to just throwing up our hands and being like, ah, well, damn the circumstances is... There are people that could be doing better, and they should do better. And if they had done better, uh, and certainly over time, Rivera is the biggest culprit here of the overtime larger p- issue picture stuff. Um, you know, we'd have different results. They also didn't spend money in free agency the last two years, so you know, throw some dirt on Dan Snyder's grave. Because if you don't think that that had a lot to do with it, then I got some ice to sell you to Eskimos. I don't think I think I mixed my metaphors there. Anyway, you get it. Um, we got some more calls, and I will I will unpack the the Sam Howell Jalen Hurts thing a little bit more next. 301-230-0980. We wrap up the hour before the Hall of Famer. David Aldridge joins us with his take on the commanders at the top of the hour. We'll talk some NBA with DA as well. It's the Hoffman Show on the team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. What a voice. Just an iconic, iconic voice. Good pull, Anthony. Good pull. It's the Hoffman Show. I feel calmer now. I just feel better now. Honestly, I feel great. Vibe Check Tuesday on Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Uh, I see Linnell down the hall. He's coming in here at 5.30. Piping hot, full of overreactions. Overreaction Tuesday coming. We close out Vibe Check Tuesday, though. With more of your calls at 301-230-0980. Let's go to Steve. Steve, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for my call. Really, really enjoyed the show, man. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty much checked out for this for um this season. Um just looking to see where we at as far as draft position and looking to see continue to see Sam improve and just seeing um just seeing who can play and who cannot play on the team. Um as far as Terry and um John Allen and Payne, um if those guys feel like they wanna leave, they don't wanna go through a rebuild, um I have no problem with them leaving, but would I just give them up um, to start a rebuild? No, 
Right. And for two reasons. Um, one, uh, you can't really evaluate these guys based on this coaching staff. This this coaching staff is not up to par, and this roster is not up to par. And I always say bad rosters and bad coaching makes good players look bad. Like, those guys didn't forget how to play football yesterday. It's, the, it's, this, it's this coaching and this roster that's making them look bad. And if you're going to do a rebuild, you can't do a total rebuild. You need some foundational and experienced players to help set the culture and bring things along as you're rebuilding in other areas. So I wouldn't give them up um, because coaching has made them look bad, I feel. And you need, you need some guys if you're going to start a rebuild. Um, as far as Sam looking like uh, uh, possibly being a Jalen Hurts type, I think it is possible. Uh, Sam, I think he's a much better pure pocket passer than Jalen. Um, at this at this um, at this stage when Jalen came into the league, I think Sam is a better pure pocket passer. And also, what Sam has shown me since he's been in the league is that he 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 can do a lot of damage running the ball. Yeah. Not only buying time, but also on read option, actually getting into the secondary and well, making people miss it. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing about Sam on read option, and Steve, that's a great call. You made a ton of good points. I got to let you go because we got a couple more and we're running up against the clock. Um, but I, I, Sam actually like is better off schedule, but. And I think at times on read option and some of the RPO stuff they tried to run earlier in the year, he actually read it out wrong. I would just run quarterback power with him on, on some occasions. Like some of their short yardage stuff, I mean, actually maybe not because that involves blocking and some of the short yardage issues have come in mistargeted you know, runs and, and blocking and whatever. Um, but maybe you get an extra blocker in there because you let a running back lead the way. Like get, get Chris Rodriguez in there or Alex Arma in there and just have Sam follow. Sam is a really good runner in space. He sets up blocks well. He he feels the the space and, and where to kind of shift and maneuver his body to fall forward. Like uh, there's got to be some element of quarterback run game, I think, if you're going to maximize him because otherwise you're just leaving skill set on the table. I would say this uh, large large picture on Sam and Jalen. This this is the comparison. Um, you know, Logan and I were talking about this the other day, and I thought it was super interesting uh, when Logan brought this up. Is Jalen, when he came into the league, showed some stuff that was good, but also like the nuanced watchers were like, wow, this dude is not going to be a long-term answer here. He's getting away with stuff because this offensive line that he has is awesome. And Sam, it's the opposite. Like We don't know what he is because the O-line has made him be something that is like, if he's going to win games, he's going to have to be miraculous. And, like, he's not ready to do that yet. He can do it in small bursts, and he's got that in him. The playmaker stuff is phenomenal. But can he win from the pocket if he's got great protection? We don't know because the protection has been an issue this year. Like, again, this team is playing as a, as a league average offensive line based off your advanced metrics. I also think it's worth pointing out Sam's pocket presence is not very good at this stage. I also wonder how much of that is a lack of trust. And not that he like consciously does this, but subconsciously he see he like sees and feels ghosts. And it was similar at Carolina, so I tend to think this is who he is at this point where he at times like vacates clean pockets or he does this weird thing sometimes where he 
takes a snap and drops back like to his right. So like one of the sacks in the game, he's fine if he's behind the center. He winds up behind the guard. And it's just a bad drop back. And you go, well, Craig, that can't make that much of a difference. The the defensive end reaches around Andrew Wiley and like pulls Sam in to a sack. You can't do that if you can't reach him. And Wiley loses a yard and a half to to set his anchor. That that's a big freaking deal in the NFL. And so what I would love to see next year is a great offensive line assembled, a top flight O-line coach. And let's see what Sam does when he's all of a sudden got not a league, you know, a, a slightly below average line that was put together and the coaching's kind of questionable, whatever. What happens when it is top 10? When it's like, no, man, you don't have the line as an excuse anymore. Who are you? And then what can happen is over time, I mean, Jalen hasn't had to live without this great Eagles offensive line because they've continued to invest in it and, and most of the same guys are still there. But what can happen over time is that allows the rest of the skill set to develop. And now Jalen's a way better player than he was a couple of years ago. And some of the stuff that he used to not do, used to not throw with anticipation, et cetera, where he'd have to kind of see it and he got away with it because the line, the the protection allowed him to do that. Well, now he throws with anticipation and he's he's an MVP favorite. So, and, and a you know reigning MVP. So, what happens if Sam gets that opportunity? I think that's the fun question. All right, real quick, let's go to Manoj. Manoj, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman Show. Hey, man, how you doing? Doing well. Um, so I think there's a couple questions here, right? I guess just Kamal on the Terry piece. Uh, to me, he's untouchable unless you're just absolutely blown away by an offer. Um, I think if you're rebuilding a team, you can't just give away every good piece. Uh, and he's, regardless of his numbers right now, I mean, he has enough, um, you know, built up with his resume where, where he's, we know he's a good player. As for John Allen, I mean, I think it's been proven that the whole investment theory we had as a team is wrong, right? We still have dollars tied up in Duran Payne. I think John Allen's coming up on the end of his contract. I would, I would be open to moving him only if, again, we have a strong offer, something like a Montez Sweat offer. Um, and then the Sam Powell thing, you know, obviously if he turns into Jalen Hurts, that's, that's a dream scenario. I think the big problem I have with his development right now is that it's being hindered by, by play calling and, and the offensive line, like you said, in their league average. Um, so kind of I agree they're not good enough. But from a play calling perspective, I just find that there's too many scenarios where we set him up for failure because we're just calling too many passes. And even in situations where a run play is a real option, third and three, third and four, it's guaranteed dropback and teams are just teeing off. Um, I think there have been games this year where you see AB adjust to that. But, uh, you know, this last game in the first half against the Dolphins, we're running it for a great average. And there's so many drives where I feel like we end up punting because it's pass, 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 even after a first down or a couple first downs. Um, yeah, so those are my thoughts on, on, on all three. Yeah, no, uh, thanks thanks for the call. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, I, I think that, you know, in summary here, uh, unfortunately, we got to run. So sorry to, to folks that are on hold right now. Uh, but David Aldridge is waiting and we can't keep a Hall of Famer waiting. All due respect to, to you on the phones who might be a Hall of Famer in your own right. Um, we're talking about systemic level things here. We're talking about the biggest of big pictures. It's like 
philosophically, who are you as an offense? And have you done the things you need to do to insulate and protect a young quarterback? I would say no. I understand that it's hard. I understand that you're building this on the fly, um, that you may not have had an ideal staff situation, that you may not have ideal player situations. But this is the job. And the NFL is hard. And I don't. I have empathy for that while also having a job to do to give you my opinion. And my opinion is it's not good enough. And philosophically, when you put this many passes on a quarterback, when there's this much drop back, and when you don't emphasize getting the ball to your best players, you failed your young quarterback. And so I agree that it is hard to evaluate Sam because he's the quarterback that we're talking about in the middle of this. Um, now, if he'd gone out and crushed all of this, then it'd be pretty easy. Or if he was incompetent week in, week out, then obviously that would be bad as well or that that would be uh good in terms of clarity bad in terms of production um and then on the, the other players like yeah obviously uh good offers take them bad offers don't and I think this team has enough talent that with better coaching and with flushing out the other pieces so that some of the like average players that you need to have on a roster for, because of the salary cap are not all of a sudden out leveraged and outstretched at every turn they have stars that can make their jobs easier um, or better players around them, then this rebound can be fast. And in that, if that's the case, then yeah, you definitely don't want to uh, turn things over too quickly. Let's get David Aldridge's thoughts on all this, though. Uh, he joins us, of course, uh, senior writer for The Athletic, covering D.C. sports. Uh, he sat with D.A. at the press conference on Sunday, and then uh, we'll get his thoughts on the NBA's in-season tournament as he still covers the NBA as well. Linnell next hour, and then we'll dive back into John Allen's comments specifically. And if you haven't heard him yet, we'll play him for you coming up in the six o'clock hour. It's Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live on the free Odyssey app.